welcome to BO Boys for Monday, June 28th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And we are together. In the same place, which is not huge news anymore. We've done it. We've done it before. Yeah, and we we saw a movie a couple of weeks ago, so it's like, this used to be such a big deal. Well, originally it was never a big deal, because we always did the show in the same place. Mm -hmm. Then... The couple of times in the pandemic when we were bubbled together and got to do the show in the same place. Huge deal. Big, national yeah. news. The wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people. people. They were really into that. Now I would say it's obviously a treat for everyone, but it's not national news anymore that the B.O. boys are in the same room. No, but you know what it is? It is, it is good news. Yes. It is good news for the nation. It's good news for the box office because we have a new number one movie. Oh, thank God. And let's just get into it. We need to plow because we we need to talk about this movie that uh, came out and did a Baffa Bobo. Yes. We're going to say it. It's Baffa Bobo. He admits it. F9 did Baffa Bobo. Okay, let's plow through this top five because we have so much to talk about right now. Number one, F9, the Fast Saga, made $70 million. You got to... I'm holding on to my... I have a mic situation. I can't clap, but you're clapping for me. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, my mic is on a base. I don't have to touch it at all. Clayton, of course, is holding a microphone right now, mm-hmm. so his hands are not free. Anyway, sorry to stop the plow. Continue plowing. Number two, A Quiet Place Part Two, $6.1 million, down only 32%. It lost some theaters, but it is now standing at $136.3 million in five weekends. Wow. Number three, last week's number one, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard made $4.8 million, down 57%, added about 30 theaters, is at $25.8 million. Number four, Peter Rabbit 2 The Runaway made $4.7 million, down only 22%, lost a, a handful of theaters, is now at $28.7 million in its third weekend. And number five, seems to be living here at number five, Cruella made $3.8 million, another small drop, down 21%. Lost some theaters, but it is now at $71.3 million in five weekends. Huh. That is some top five. We know what's missing, though. What? Not really missing, because it was missing last week from the top five, too. But all the way down at number seven, In the Heights. $2.2 million, down 47%. Jeez, that's a bad drop. Lost 1,106 theaters. It is now at a dead stop, 24%. Point one million dollars in its third weekend, and I know. Listen, we don't want to bury somebody that's already dead. We don't want to beat a dead horse unless it's Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. But this movie is dead, and Warner Brothers knows it. What, how? What is the theater count at right now for In the Heights? Two thousand four hundred and three. Okay, so that it dropped eleven hundred last weekend. Do we think 
it drops to under a thousand theaters this coming weekend. Is in the heights under a thousand. That's crazy because again, there's still not. I don't think there's enough product to fully to do fully, what needs to be done. Yeah, right. Unless right. you want to add to Fast Saga F9's 4,179 theaters. I think you do, probably. Yeah. I think you do want to get more that and more theaters. I mean, we're going to talk about what's coming out next week. There is Boss Baby 2. So there, there are things that will take down that In the Heights. What are we talking about In the Heights for? F9 opened yeah. this weekend and just, and just blew away everyone's expectations so we had a great weekend watching these numbers rise yeah which we had a similar thing happen when bad boys for life came out more than a year ago back in january 2020 and that movie opened a 62.5 million Mm -hmm. in the three day Mm -hmm. and this made more big thing with f9 made more than Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Because Hobbs and Shaw had a $60 million opening, and it also had a $23.6 million opening day, which F9 beat, because mm-hmm. it made 30 And that's in summer of 2019. Yeah. So, again, that's a spinoff, but it has your one of the biggest stars in, in the world, right. Rock. Yes. Other than Joker and a retired Jack Nicholson, Rock is probably the biggest, and Leo. Statham peaking right now, we're saying. He's peaking as a star, so that was huge. So it beat the spinoff, which is what it needed to do. Yes, yes. Vin and the La Familia could not have, even in this, you know, coming out of a pandemic context, theaters are still not where they need to be. If the main Fast and Furious movie if f9 had come in under the hobbs and shaw spin-off movie i don't know if vin and tyrese and luda and michelle rodriguez and jordana brewster i don't know if they would have been able to handle that and i am glad we'll never have to find that out no vin has a big smile on his face yep he's being touted as a hero now we all we love vin and it, it's not all Vin, though, because it, it, there is... This La win Familia, is not all Vin. It's, this win is not all Vin. La Familia definitely adds something. But Vin is the driving force in these films now. He's made it that way. Yep. And he succeeded. The one thing it didn't reach was the 70.9 million opening that Fast and Furious, which is the fourth film, mm-hmm. made in 2009. Listen, I mean, that's being nitpicky. It's I so think. nitpicky. And so the difference between about a million dollars during a tail end of a pandemic, I'm not going to hold that against him. No. Obviously, if we were at full capacity for all theaters, now a lot of theaters opened up to full capacity over this weekend, which was great for this film, but we still were not at full capacity. Uh, uh, Canada was not at full strength. So there were some things about this that uh, took this down a bit. Right. But so let's let's look at this. This is the by far biggest opening weekend a movie has had since before the pandemic. Absolutely. And this is a movie that and you could you could see this in depth on the BO Boys Substack that 
there were people who were predicting this movie to come in as low as $50 million for the opening weekend. Mm-hmm. The, the range that Box Office Pro put out there was 50 to $70 million. So they give a wide range. They don't really make hard predictions anymore, which is, you know, it's a choice. It's what they do. I mean, but it's they, cowardly. It, it's cowardly. But you know what? Uh, it's a scary time out there. You can't get on someone for being a coward right now. Yeah. So Box Office Pro, they give that wide range, 50 to $70 million. So if you look at the B.O. Boys Substack, huge news this week is that Clayton and I, we each had opposing articles where I took the point of view that this was going to be Vafa Bobo opening weekend for F9. I said it would do over $75 million. So I went way above the high end of the box office pro prediction. Now, Clayton, you predicted some doom for F9. You thought it was going to have a relatively bad opening weekend. Yeah, and like every coin, there's a a, a good side and a bad side. Right. And I'm not going to say which one is which because teach their own. And I took the the downer position. Yes. And I'm going to say that that article blew up. Yes, that was it is the the article that you wrote, Clayton, the five reasons why F9 was going to do poorly at the opening weekend box office, that is the most read article in the history of the B.O. Boys Substack, by mm-hmm. far. That article, I don't love this term, but that article went viral. Yeah, the, the, the short and illustrious history of, of our st- Substack, most viewed. And... I'm going to say I'm a little bit bummed about it. Okay. Because you wrote a very enjoyable, well-researched, fantastic article about five reasons why this movie should succeed. Yes. I wrote the optimistic piece. And while that did huge numbers. They always do huge numbers. It didn't do as well as the article that Clayton wrote that took the pessimistic look. At F9's box office. So so what bothers me about that is that I take no glee or enjoyment mm-hmm. from a movie doing poorly. Right. Because a, a strong tide rises all boats. What is that? Is that the same? Yeah. Something like you that? want a lot of water out there for the boats. Exactly. So I wrote that as a counterpoint to yours because I felt like it was our duty to give both sides of the coin. Right. And the fact that so many people were more interested in a negative outcome than a positive outcome bummed me out. Right. And I want you, B.O. boys, B.O. girls, B.O. people. Mm-hmm. People. People. Thank you. I want you guys to know that we shouldn't be thinking that way. We should be wanting Bafa Bobo. Yes. And so... I want you, next time you click on an article and read it, think about your reaction to it. Would you be happy if this outcome happened? Because I wouldn't have been happy. I wouldn't have been happy if it made less. And I wrote it. I wouldn't have been happy if it made less than Hobbs and Shaw. Right. I wouldn't have been happy if we were having to come. And I said this last episode, I don't want to have to come on this mic and tell the, the, the audience the sky isn't falling. Box office isn't in the dumper. 
theaters aren't going to all die out because this movie made under $60 million. Because the, the matter of the fact is people want to see movies, and sometimes movies don't hit, like in the Heights. That doesn't mean people don't want to go to the movies at all. Right. And we're in a really precarious situation with theaters where any failure becomes a failure of the whole institution. Right. And we can't have that. Now... Well, we, here's the one thing. We didn't have that this weekend. We so did let's, not. Let's yeah, get so back I'm sorry, on sorry. track that, See, here. that's the thing. I don't want to focus on Yeah, you're, you're talking about a, a pessimistic article that didn't come true. The main thing that happened this weekend is I was right. F9 did Baffa Bobo, went way above everyone else's expectations. So let's talk about... And I was wrong this. in the sense that people are not sick of this franchise. People are not sick of F9. And People, we went and saw this. Yeah. Spoiler alert. We're not going to say. Let's. We don't want. I don't want to say anything about this movie. Okay. But we shouldn't. We don't review movies. We talk about box office, and we want people to go Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. Go out and see this movie. Yeah. But people loved it. It gives you what you want, and it's the kind of movie we need right now. Yeah, I mean, it is just a upbeat, family-oriented, action-packed. Crowd pleaser for everybody, for coastal elites, for the people living in the stacks, for the plain billies, and for the earth dogs. Mm-hmm. People of all races and creeds. If you've driven a car, there's, again, not to talk about anyone specific to this film, but there's also a scene in which there's a character who doesn't have a driver's license. And doesn't know how to drive, and they get in a car and they drive a car. I do and think I, that you're spoiling things. But but I do think you're spoiling. I said oh, let's not talk about anything. A, that, okay, just chill out for a second. Okay. And I think something like that also appeals to someone like me, who doesn't drive. Okay. This is a Fast and Furious movie that also appeals to non-drivers. Okay, I see where you're going with that, and I, I yeah. I, so I, just I let me go where I okay, go. Okay. Okay. So. That is the type of movie that this is, that it appeals to everybody. Yeah. It's a car movie that somehow appealed to someone who doesn't drive a car. And, and where we went, we saw families walk in. Mm-hmm. We saw mom and baby. Mm-hmm. We saw Papa. Yep. We saw the 15-year-old, and we saw the 12-year-old. Yep. This is a full family film. Yep. And this, this film can be seen by, it's four quadrant. It is. It's a four quadrant yes, film. Yes. It's diverse. I want to give you the rundown of people who went to see this film. 37% Hispanic, 25% Caucasian, 16% black, 8% Asian, right? That's everybody. That's everybody. 57% guys, which it, it, it I mean, I see that. Sure. 51% under 25. So the youngins came out for it. 46% between 18 and 34 years old. So the thing about this film is that even though it's long in the tooth, mm-hmm. the people watching this just lost their baby teeth. Right. Like this is a young, I mean, 18 to 34, it, they're youngins. Yes. That's youngins. And that's what people, that's who Universal wants to see these films. Mm-hmm. That's what Vin wants people to, wants to see these films. This is like, bodes well mm-hmm. for theater going and for this series. Well, F9 showed that you're going to have families coming back and you're going to have people going on dates to the movies again. Because that 18 to 34 is also prime. This is what we're doing on a Friday or Saturday night for a date. 
mm-hmm. which I don't, you know, I think Quiet Place 2 brought a lot of that back. That was probably a date movie. But I don't think you had a lot of the spring releases that were really bringing back movie dates. You know, Conjuring did, horror movie they always do. But, yeah, you know, Godzilla vs. Kong and those other hits, I don't think they really did that in the way that F9 does. F9 is a great teenager or young adult first date. And it's also a great family first date. And it's also a great two dudes going to see a movie. movie. And it's great baby's first movie. It's great baby's first movie, yeah. So I mean, because this... we're all hooting and hollering. So like, F the Fast and Furious movies are the rare movie where we all accept that if there's a kid in there and they're making some noise, we're okay with it mm-hmm. because it's about family, and we accept that in that theater we are all raising that child together. We are. Vin is. Michelle Rodriguez is. And so that baby crying or yelling or or clapping their hands at a Fast and Furious movie, you can't get mad at that. We're all okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what does this say, though? Because this has a 45 day window. At at least that's it's not official before it goes on before it goes. They don't know where they're going to put it because it could go to Peacock. That's possible. Right. Honestly, I don't think that matters at all. 45 days is so long for a movie like this. You know, that you're you're basically looking at five weekends, no more, six six weekends. Mm -hmm. So a Fast and Furious movie is going to for sure make all of its bones in six weekends. So I I think that 45-day window honestly doesn't affect anything in terms of where this movie ends up in the end. It'll make all its money in 45 days. Yeah. And it'll still be in theaters and people will still see it even if it's available wherever it's available. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't I mean, think we've the seen win- that before with Kong. We've seen that with even the conjuring. I mean, people want to see that movie, even it being available. Right. So I, I don't think the window matters. Um, I think this is the big question. We're looking forward to F nine is what we've seen a lot so far post-pandemic is you've got some movies that have big opening weekends and will this movie have a second huge weekend? You know, yeah, or what's did, the hold? You know, so or did all of the hardcore fans see it in the first weekend and the drop-off is going to be 60% or something? But... Just to let you know, I mean, and you probably already know this, you're a B.O. boy. Right. The drops on these films are usually 50. Right. 50 right. to 60. Right. That's not a huge drop for an F, uh, for a Fast and Furious film. Right. Because right. hardcores go the first weekend. Right. So if this drops 50, that's not bad. That's normal. No. We would have to see a 68 to 70 some percent drop for this film to actually be looked at as not holding well. Right. Right. Um, so just looking back at what this did this weekend, it made $70 million, Mm -hmm. 30, 30 on Friday, by far the biggest thing we've seen since, you know, uh, over a year ago. Does this, show you that the 
the high end is only going to keep getting higher. You know, because this is such a big increase from what the high end was with Quiet Place 2. Mm-hmm. You know, that movie opened at, what, $45 million for a three-day? So to jump up to 70 now, I think what this is showing is that 90 is possible, possibly within the next few weeks, and we will get to a $100 million three-day opening weekend again. Well, yeah, and it depends on the audience is there. Yes. I, I think we find I think I think it is clear that there isn't a huge portion of the population that in the past year has decided I won't go to the movies anymore. No. The the only thing is that looking ahead and we don't want to look too far ahead, I don't think Black Widow is going to do it. Do the $100 million three-day? Yeah. I think it'll... I mean, we, we, we'll we get to predicting, I guess, those movies in the next few weeks. I think that'll be bigger than F9 opening weekend. Yeah. But it might not hit 100. And then Suicide Squad is the next one in August. And then I can't really see anything until... I just don't think... I don't think Shang-Chi, if we're even counting that, that's in September, early September. I guess we're counting that as the last weekend of of um summer i I can't see that reaching 100 Mm -hmm. it's just the 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 knowledge of that character is not wide enough so yeah so back to back to f9 i mean we're both in agreement this is just a huge win went over expectations unequivocal success i think yeah yeah, i think absolutely i I think you can't poo poo what this has done in where we are with the percentages of Open theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be... I think this is great for the series, too, because this series has been around for so long. It obviously hit its peak with uh, Part 7, the movie that you know came after Paul Walker's death and, and did that 140 opening domestic weekend. Just, just a silly number that, that it'll never be touched again. And, you know, the eighth movie was a little bit of a, a relative disappointment coming after seven, because, of course, it was going to make less than seven. And people didn't love that one as much. And I think F9 having this story now where it is the movie that took box office to another level post pandemic gives this movie a lore that it may not have had otherwise, you know, if if it had just opened up, there was never a pandemic and it opened up in spring of 2020, like it was supposed to. I think the fact that this basically is going to be one of those movies that always gets looked at as bringing box office back is something that will always be another feather in Vin Diesel's cap. And it'll give this movie a, a legendary status that it wouldn't have had otherwise. Oh, yeah. When Jungle Cruise mm-hmm. opens up later mm-hmm. this year, you know, Vin's in the back of his mind going to be like, I guess he paved the way for you. Right. Because Vin hates The Rock. Uh, we don't know specifically, and we don't want to get into, like, celebrity. We're not Us Weekly. We're not Us Weekly. We're not TMZ. Right, huh? right. We're not Star Magazine. We're not National Enquirer. We're not... Um... Who's the guy who used to draw like Perez like, Hilton? Yes, you knew as yeah. the guy who used to draw cum shots on everyone's face. Yeah, yeah. We're not Perez Hilton. 
we're, we're not. not the smoking gun. No, no, no. We're not. Uh, we're not AJ Benza, E True Hollywood Story. We're not Page Six, Lou Lemonick. We're not. Um, we're not Cindy Adams, famed gossip columnist for the New York Post. We're none of those people. Yeah, we're not. What? Who's the guy who did the Clinton stuff? Star. I mean, we're not Ken Star. We're not Ken yeah. Star. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. Just to give a little bit more of uh, just context to what F9 did, even with the marketplace being a little bit weaker, mm-hmm. the U.S. marketplace has 79% of its 5,000 and uh, uh, 5,880 theaters open. So it's only at working about 80%. Okay. L.A., New York City, they're now... At 100% capacity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Miami, Orlando, Chicago, Dallas, Houston, Boston, Phoenix, Minneapolis also are 100% capacity. So 44 states in total are now allowing theaters to operate without any capacity restrictions. Colorado, Hawaii, Idaho, New Mexico, Oregon, and Washington still have cap limits. Okay. And then we have stuff going on in Canada. Canada makes up a... a, a a small amount of our North American box office, but it's not unsubstantial. Right, right. And they're having a hard time. So we're looking at 20% of, of America is still missing and a good chunk of Canada. So to make 70 at this point shows that this, this franchise is still strong. Mm-hmm. People still want to go see, a the, see, the, uh, see movies in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be, like you said... Seeing an upward trajectory. Yes. This movie is going to propel, it's going to give a nitro boost mm-hmm. to the rest of the box office. Well, this this movie is also going to make people feel like going to the movies is something they should be, A, not scared of, mm-hmm. but more importantly, something they want to be part of. Because this movie, the fact that it hit 70, it didn't hit... In the 50s, which would have been the nightmare scenario, it didn't hit 60s where you're going to get all this press saying, well, it did okay, you know, it, it, it wasn't a bomb, but, it, but it, it didn't hit as high as we hoped. The fact that F9 opened to 70 created a series of just positive articles out in the press about this being an out-and-out hit and about the fact that going to the movies is a successful enterprise that you want to be part of. Yes. So hitting 70 was really important. It was important not just for the the nickel and diming of a of 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 this movie being profitable. It was important for the the good press and the good buzz that it got. And it's such a magic number compared to 69. Yes. It cuz it was going from it's going to open to 65, then 68 and I we were texting back and forth. We wanted it to hit 70. And we said I just wanted to hit 70. I mean, yeah. me, the guy who wrote the poo-pooing post. Right. But you were mad people read it. And I was mad that people read it. I was like I wanted to hit 70 because yeah. that way we both kind of win. Cuz 75 yes. you went over and that would have been great if 75 happened. Right. But 70 is just this perfect number where it just feels big. Right, right. The way 69 doesn't feel big. Well, I mean, 
the thing is too, if it had opened at 69, all the jokes, all the jokes, F F nine pulls a 69. Right. Right. Yeah. And then it, it takes away from Vince sucks fa- his own cock. Although I don't think that w- that's not a 69. No, no, that that's yeah, that that's not what 69ing is. But you would have had people also make that joke because they are not sure exactly what it is. You just would have had a series of 69 centric sex jokes yeah. that would have been the lead of all of these articles about what F9 did at the box office and it would have been confusing people. They would have been really focusing on that it was a big hit. They would have been focusing on all the 69 jokes and all the confused you know, whatever you think that act is jokes and it would have been a mess and people would have been like, "Uh, what is this article telling me? Or am I supposed to go see a movie? Is this a big hit or was it a sex show? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure because the headline is a 69 joke. So it, thank God F nine got to 70. Yeah. I I mean, we're all, uh, I, it was a tense weekend, although when the Friday, when the Thursday previews came out, mm-hmm. I, I was a little bit relieved. Because we knew at that point it was going to get to 60. It the was nightmare gonna, yeah. scenario of this movie opening in the 50s, once those Thursday preview numbers came in, we, we figured, okay, it's going to hit 60. And then as the Saturday uh, estimates came in, it looked like it was mid-60s. And then, of course, we ended up at 70. And, and, and when we, I texted you, mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted to go to 70. Yeah. And you said it will. Yeah. You were confident. I was very You were confident. very confident, which was great. I, I mean, you got to be confident. I love that. I love yeah. that. So, yeah. F9, I, trusted, I trusted the fans. I mean, this movie showed again that the... The fervor amongst the people who love this series, which is a huge amount of people. So this is not a niche. This is not, you know, uh, an art film that has a handful of fervent supporters. This is a huge amount of people who love this. But it showed their love did not waver. No. they. This, they... this is as strong a franchise as it's ever been. Obviously, Part 7 is an outlier that it became a mainstream phenomenon that I don't think the series is ever going to get to again. Because they're not Marvel movies. Right. And that's the thing is that we always are using the yardstick of Marvel movies for openings. And and when it reached that Marvel level, right. anything going down from that felt like a loss. Although here's one thing that could bring it back to that level again. So this was the ninth movie. Vin Diesel has said that this series stops at 10. Yeah. That after the seventh movie, he had planned out basically eight, nine and 10 being another trilogy. And that is it at 10. So if they stick to that and if in a couple of years, Fast and Furious 10 comes out, with the full promise of everyone that this is the end. You know, you've got your Hobbs and Shaw spinoffs, and I'm sure they'll do prequels. I think, you know, F9 kind of set up the fact that maybe there'll be prequels with the Toretto's. Yeah. But if they come out and say that 10 is the end, Vin Diesel stops after 10, La Familia has gone after 10, 
I mean, Fast 10 could be that endgame style phenomenon where the world says, you know what? They've been in our lives for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. This series started in 2001. A lot of people won't have friends that they've known for that long. No. Like real friends in real life. No. So, so this movie, if F10 comes out, you know, 2023, and they say this is the end, maybe that is actually a movie that hits 150 opening weekend. Who I, knows? I, I mean, not I, to predict that yeah. far in advance, but I do think... I still think it never reaches F7 heights. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, but but this this opening weekend showed that the love for this franchise is... Is, is still as high as it's ever been. There's and, no wavering. And so just to talk real quick about it boosting box office. Mm-hmm. So this fun little thing here, number nine, nobody. Wow. Bob Odenkirk star movie. We both really enjoyed mm-hmm. universal picture made $560,000 attached to F9 at drive-ins. Wow. So so what is the increase from last weekend? Well, that's the main story. Get is, to, yeah. yeah. So it may, it, it, it had an increase of 3,390%. Wow. It was in 110 theaters, which is their drive-ins. Mm-hmm. And it actually lost 197 theaters and still had that a 3,000 plus percentage bump. So, so basically, in its 14th weekend, it's now at 26.7. So, this is like a huge bump for this film. So, it's that, huge exposure for this film. So, that comes because they, in drive ins, they do double bills. They do double bills, yeah. So, this is linked with F9. Nobody's linked with F9 at all these drive in double bills. And do they just count the same ticket twice when they're tallying this up? Or do they break? Like if you buy a, I don't know, $10 drive-in ticket that gets you to both F9 and Nobody, do they give them $5 each or do they count $10 twice? Well, I mean, if that were the case, then it would, it would, I... I don't know. I feel like the second bill makes less money. Get gets a percentage of it. Okay. Right. The, probably, but either way, it, it means that a huge amount of people saw nobody this weekend that wouldn't have. Yes. If it wasn't attached to F nine. So. And that's a great way to boost. That's a great way to boost box office mm-hmm. for films. Like that, that are like-minded films. I think an F9 fan mm-hmm. stays are so excited after they saw F9. Right. And they there's another movie. They're like, I want to keep this buzz going. And they see nobody. They're thinking, oh, how did this movie slip by me? Right. I hope they make a second one. Right. Yeah, it's this is this is huge. And it just shows again that, you know, the fast movies are about family. And the fast box office is about family. Mm-hmm. That the fast franchise basically brought nobody into their box office family. And think about this, Pat. We both love Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. 
great, great, you know, uh, comedian, dramatic comedian, actor, dra- everything. The yeah. guy does everything. Got into shape to kick ass in this film. Mm-hmm. So this movie did okay. It, it it did okay in theaters. Probably not enough in its initial run mm-hmm. to get a sequel. Um, but maybe, maybe. I think so. I think even without this past weekend, I think I think nobody. It basically doubled his budget. Great reviews, probably big VOD numbers. Okay, but but, but follow me here. You, I mean, sure. you, you did kind of just destroy my narrative, but okay. but that's okay. So then, being attached to F nine, gets this movie a boost, mm-hmm. more eyeballs, mm-hmm. more eyeballs. You will admit though that being attached to F nine is getting this movie more eyeballs than it would if it didn't get attached to F nine. Yes, agreed. So all these people become nobody fans. Mm-hmm. This movie, off the strength of being tied to F9, mm-hmm. gets a sequel. Mm-hmm. The next sequel does Baffa Bobo, a la the second John Wick movie. Yes. Bob Odenkirk is a huge action star. Mm-hmm. And you know who's sitting there, smiling, thinking, I did that? Vin Diesel. Yeah. Yeah, Vin Diesel gets... There's he- a possibility that Vin Diesel could get credit for Bob Odenkirk becoming a huge action star. Yeah, and and the thing with Vin Diesel is... He'll take that credit. He'll take that credit. Yeah. Exactly. He's not going to be humble about it. He's not going to not bring it up in interviews. He's not going to say, I don't deserve a percentage of that sequel's box office. Vin Diesel will say, yeah, that was me. And that was... That's F9 money. And he'll be sort of right... But he won't be humble about it, and that's why we love Vin Diesel. Yeah, and and he, I mean, he's been proven right. He he beat The Rock. He brought back box office. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, listen, the guy's on top of the world, and he should be. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I hope Vin didn't read my article. He probably didn't. Even if he did, he thought, "Who's this loser?" Right, right. And I'll that's how you should think. Call. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he should think. Yeah. So, any more on F9? I mean... It's the, so hard not to want to just talk about this movie the whole time because it's... I mean, everything else... Quiet Place Part 2, though, still so strong. Mm-hmm. This movie is holding on. And I think it, it, it's just... This movie isn't... It's not unsung at all, but, you know, F9's getting all the headlines, but... Quiet Place, that opening was a huge deal, too. Quiet Place 2 is basically doing what it would have done whenever it opened. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't Maybe think... Maybe a smidge less, but not... A smidge. Yeah. A smidge. But it is the holds that it's putting up now and what it's doing, you know, in its third, fourth weekends. This is pretty much what this movie would have been expected to do pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. which is, a, again, a great sign. I mean, I think what we're seeing is that the big, big movies that everyone's really excited about, they're doing their business. Yes. It's not... It, it This is not slowing people from going to see what they want to see. Yeah. It's yeah. keeping people from going to see a movie just willy-nilly. Yes. And... I think that's the way things have been going, though. Anyway, it's like yeah, it's it like, sped it up, but but I yeah, what we're seeing is that there is 
there's one movie at a time, one or two movies at a time that everyone will go to see. Yeah. But you're not going to have as many secondary hits right now. People, people, you know, I mean, Hitman's Bodyguard's wife. Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Hitman's wife's bodyguard. How dare you. Is the perfect example of that. I mean, because that is fully tanking now. That is a, a really bad second week after a, a sort of subpar opening. And that's the type of movie that, because it is obviously not the first choice, it's not the second choice, it's people's third or fourth or fifth choice now, those movies are not going to really make money right now. And the issue, too, is that, so the way theaters are at the moment Mm -hmm. with, you know, the capacity thing and them, the movies playing in so many different theaters at once, right? Mm -hmm. Different screens at once. There's not sellouts. Right. And what happens with sellouts is that you go, somebody's going to walk in, they're going to try to buy a ticket for F9, F9 sold out. Oh man, F9 sold out. I was going to go see a movie. I'm going to see The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard cuz that's similar to something I'd want to see. That's a great point. But there is there's not any of that. So you're not getting those I mean, you're getting some nice holds from this top 5, but you're not getting those big bumps because I feel like if there was full capacity everywhere, F9 would have sold out. Johnny Come Lately mm-hmm. and Susie Can't Get Her Shit Together mm-hmm. would have shown up, thought they could buy the ticket five minutes before the showing. Everybody's got the app now, huh? Right, right. They're like, oh, I can't get a ticket to that. I'm, well, we came to the movies. We're going to see something. And then they're going to see Quiet Place Part 2. Right. And so that's what we're not seeing. And we're going to see that when capacity opens up. We're going to see more of that. We're going to yeah. see more of that like second tier Film getting some asses in the seats from people who made the track. Right. Yeah, that is that is a that's true. That is a unheralded type of hit movie from box office past, which is the second or third choice that does well because bigger movies are sold out and people go because eh, why not? I'm here already. Yeah. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard is such a I'm here already type movie that just doesn't get that kind of business right now because, yeah, the, the movies are not sold out. Yes, yeah, some of these smaller movies, they need to hold back until they know that the first choice movies are going to be sold out mm-hmm. because they are runoff movies. Yeah, and right now there's movies. no runoff. Yeah, there's there's no runoff because there's there's just you know, when you look at how many theaters Fast Nine's playing in, four thousand plus, mm-hmm. you know, and the showings were probably every fifteen minutes. Right. So it's that's the thing, is like you're gonna be able to get an F nine ticket. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, listen, we bow down to Vin. I mean, we're not gonna split up. I I don't think we should split up this opening. We don't have time for it. No, no, that'll be its own episode. Maybe when we get to over a hundred or one fifty or yeah. something like that. I think we could even split it up once it does its forty five days. Sure. You know, split up after the forty five and see what it's got. You know, things thinking of your theory of movies that are second, third choices that get that runoff bo. Thinking ahead to some of the movies opening this weekend, there's one in particular that I think would have been a good 
runoff BO type movie if F9 was able to have sellouts all weekend. Are we talking about the purge? Yes. I think I think in another time the a purge movie opening the weekend after a Fast and Furious movie, that is a movie that's set up really well to be a runoff movie. Mm-hmm. Now, do we want to get into that then? Let's yeah, let's do look like ahead the, to this weekend. Let's look ahead to this weekend. I mean, I think we both agree F9 is going to rule the roost. Yeah, F9 is going to still be number one. Well, I mean, the thing no about this way. coming weekend. Don't, don't, there's no way. Future oh, Purge, that's right. There is another the big movie. Yeah. Well, there's Boss Baby. Yeah. So, well, the thing about this coming weekend is a holiday weekend. Fourth of July is this Sunday. Yes. So there are a lot of people who are going to get a vacation, company vacation day on Friday or Monday or both. Some companies both. So this is a sort of a three possible four day holiday weekend. And, you know... If a lot of people are getting that Friday off, this becomes the type of situation where that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three-day is going to be bigger than normal. Well, even that Thursday preview The night, Thursday preview will be bigger. People will be like, I don't have to get up early right. on Friday, right. so maybe I'm going to do a late, late night, right. the forever purge, and, and if just people, be a psycho about and it. And if people are getting the Monday off after 4th of July, that also makes the Sunday a more attractive day to go out for a late movie. Yeah. You don't the, have to get up on with your barbecue. Well, the thing is that's going to, the thing with that is that it being on a Sunday is that Sunday will probably be a low day because a lot of people are going to be out. Shooting off fireworks, fireworks and all that stuff. Yeah. But they will have the Monday to, to recover and make up for it. So what I'm saying is F nine has a chance at a really good, hold and a really good second weekend yes so like these movies usually do have big drops where they drop 50 to 55 percent but you're thinking maybe 40s i mean possibly again just because of the holiday weekend aspect of it you know a 50 percent drop is a 35 million dollar weekend so with that as the over under for f9 do you think this weekend F9 makes more or less than 35 million? Second weekend. I'd go over that. I'd go over. Right? Absolutely. I'd go over 35. Yeah. Because of the holiday. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, then we're in a situation where this movie drops under 50%, and that would be a huge win for Vin. Yeah. It's possible. So so yeah, let's think because here let's let's talk about Forever Purge and then we'll get into the Boss Baby. Okay. Because uh, even though Boss Baby is going day and date, Peacock. Yeah, I don't think that'll matter. What I don't if... think that matters because nobody has Peacock. Yeah. Although it's free, it, but I don't think it's available on the free tier. I I, I can I, it wouldn't be available on a non payable tier. Mm-hmm. Forever Purge. Now, Box Office Pro is saying. 10 to 15, and then they're saying 13 million opening. Now, let's look a little bit at the purge openings. One thing is I'll I'll give Box Office Pro credit on their prediction for having a relatively small range for their forecast. They're predicting 10 to 15. So 
credit to them for not predicting like five to $38 million opening for the forever purge. They, they reined it in. They gave us a $5 million range. They picked a number 13. Mm-hmm. Their, their cowardice is, is starting to dissipate, dissipate. So yeah. good for them. Small range, 10 to 15. I, I wonder if people will remember their cowardice. I, I think, I think we need to remind people of their cowardice. I think we need to remind, but then absolve. Okay. Yeah. We were never cowards. No, of course not. But but let's let's. I I think I think it, it's fair to remind people that they ha- that Box Office Pro had cowardice, but then to absolve them of it. So let's look at the opening for the Purge movie. So this is going to be the fifth Purge movie, mm-hmm. if you can believe that. The first Purge movie, 2013, opened at 34 million dollars. That was a big deal, and that, yeah. I remember being being surprised by that. Well, it's a. I mean, it's one of the all time great hooks for a movie. The, yeah. the the gimmick of one night of uh, legalized murder and crime is is one of the all time hooks. But people, if you remember that film, if you saw that film, they don't really use that to its fullest extent until 2014, the next year, July 18th. The Purge Anarchy, which mm-hmm. opened to 29.8 and did, you know, all these domestic box office did a little bit less than the first one, uh, cumulative, but all of the films have been in the 60 to 70 range. Okay. So domestic they finish box up office. around 60 They finish or about, yeah. So then 2016, July 1st, The Purge election year. Opened a 31.5. Wow. So an uptick from the second one. An uptick from the second one. I mean, but that was like perfectly timed. Yeah. Big drop off on the first purge. July 4th, 2018. $17.3 million. Okay. Now it's domestic box office was not that far off from the rest of them. 69. Lower than... Election year and anarchy, which both were in the seventies, but more than the first one. Right. But the thing with these films, I don't know what the production budget was on this latest one. I think it's probably lower. The first purge cost three million dollars. The second purge cost nine. The third purge cost ten. And then the first purge, which, which was is the, the fourth, fourth movie, movie, yeah, cost thirteen. I gotta believe that uh that uh, Jason Blum said this movie, The Forever Purge, that's going to be a $3 million movie. Okay. Because the the box office that they're making, it's just it, at this point when you look at the first Purge and its opening weekend. So when when you say the first Purge again, you mean Purge 4. four yeah, sorry. Purge 4, The First Purge. Uh-huh. That movie had a production budget of $13 million and only opened to seventeen. Now, mm-hmm. you're still making money, but you're seeing – I'm seeing a downward trajectory here. And I think the Forever Purge is going to tank. Okay. I feel like this is a movie people don't want to see. I think it's on its last legs. It is not in the city. It is it is rural. This is a rural based this purge. This is a rural based purge. It was a, a movie that was made during the Trump administration uh-huh. and it shows. Okay. And I don't think people are gonna be interested in that. And I think the purge is all about the city. I know the first purge happened in the suburbs. So you mean purge four? What did I say? Well, the first purge. When you say the first purge, do you mean 
Purge 4 or Purge 1? Oh, I mean, so the the original Purge, yeah. Purge 1, yeah. happened in the suburbs. But then Anarchy, Election, and then First Purge, Fourth Purge. Right. That was all city-based, or a yes. lot of things happened in the city. Yeah, yeah. Forever Purge, which is the fifth Purge movie, mm-hmm. I don't think is going to do well because it's not in, it's not urban. And I think these films do really well when they're urban, but they don't do well when they're not urban. Right. I mean, people like seeing cities burn. They don't like really seeing barns burn. Who cares if a barn burns? That, that's barns burn every day. Right. That's the thing. Fields There's... burn every day. Farmers right. burn their fields because the government gives them money to burn their fields. They say, hey, burn your wheat. Right. And they're like, sure. Right. Because a farmer will do whatever the fuck they need to do for a paycheck. Right. Which we're not saying is wrong. No, we're I'll do whatever it, the fuck for a paycheck. Right. You'll burn whatever. I'll burn whatever. So, yeah, there, there's not as much visceral excitement about seeing, like, a cornfield burn or a cottage burn in the same way there is in urban areas seeing a museum burn. building burn, a museum burn. A, a a row of cars in a busy street burn like yes. those are the things that are exciting to see burn seeing you know seeing a horse stable burn it's not as enticing well so it's like you got a guy in a like uh, a, a mask, some sort of mask that says sinner on it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's got a chainsaw. Right. And you don't see him until he comes around the corner of a building. Right. And he's on you. Right. If he's coming at you from a distance on a plane and you're like staring at this dot that turns into this guy with a... You have so much time to react. Right, But right. in the city, you turn a corner... You got uh, a guy in a bear costume with that with the head off, right? Right. And he's got like uh, knives coming out of his hands, right? Uh, you know, he's got a chainsaw penis, like that. In that, you see that in the city, it's like way scarier, right? 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 That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, the other thing about the purge moving to the country. And it being about, you know, uh, uh, the two Americas fighting each other out in the middle of the country. I think that it also feels warmed over because like right before the pandemic or as the pandemic started, what movie did we have? One of those first theaters that went straight to PVOD movies. Almost, it's The Hunt. The Hunt. And the Forever Purge does feel... Oh, like The Hunt. It feels like a warmed over The Hunt, Mm -hmm. which is a movie that kind of, for those early pandemic movies, did okay, you know... It was an early pandemic hit in a way. In a way. Like, it was on those... God, back when we were fully the Shremo boys for a little bit, it was one of those movies that was... I'm shuddering when you say that. was, ...was always at the top of the iTunes charts... And the Google Play charts. Remember when we had it? We had to worry about what was going on. Now we had to look at what was at the top Ugh. of a Fandango now listing. But the hunt was was in there mm-hmm. with Bloodshot, of course, starring Vin Diesel. Yeah, best blooper. You know what? That movie's worth buying because that's one of the best blooper reels ever. Remember yes. the blooper? Because we watched that movie together. It early pandemic, right? 
And it was, I mean, it was fun. It Virtually was fun. watch it separately and texting about yeah, it. Yeah, and it was cool that we were able to watch a movie that was in the theaters at the moment, right. even though theaters were shut down, at home. And But the thing that topped that was that it has one of the best blooper reels ever, mm-hmm. ever, that I've ever seen. I don't remember what it was. It was I, amazing. It was the best blooper reel ever. So people should check out Bloodshots. But don't don't go reel. on YouTube. You got buy the film, buy the film, yeah, yeah, and watch yeah. it as an extra because it's not the same if it's on YouTube. You need the context of watching the whole film and then watching the bloopers. So the Hunt is a movie that I don't think is particularly loved by anyone, but Forever Purge is going to remind people of that, and I don't think that's going to help it mm-hmm. because there's not a huge mainstream audience that's going to say, oh, I want to see another version of The Hunt. Yeah. It's also, you know, it's one of those movies that comes from a time period that people just don't want to relive. That's my thought. I I mean, I absolutely believe that. You know, and and no one wants to be like, oh, I want to go see a movie that reminds me of a movie that I saw in March of 2020. Yeah. So I think that's actually one of the bigger problems for The Purge is that it reminds people of The Hunt, and The Hunt reminds people of the very beginning of the pandemic. And I, I want to just draw a, a little bit of a comparison to other long-running horror franchises. Mm-hmm. So Paranormal Activity. That's the big one. Right? Yep. So can't really go with the opening for this because I mean the opening was $77,000 because it opened limited but it it ended up legging out to 107 domestic so mm-hmm. that first paranormal activity was a blockbuster right but we're looking at the openings of the next couple paranormal activity 2 made 40 million 3 made 52 4 made 29 mm-hmm. all right so we're seeing that's the fourth movie the first pur- purge which is the fourth purge movie it had a similar drop then we're looking at the fifth movie mm-hmm. paranormal activity the marked ones 18 million dollar opening right so that's a huge drop off from the second film right and the third film and even a drop off from the fourth film which people didn't like all that much I'm seeing the same sort of thing mm-hmm. with the purge. Now, if we look at Saw, I don't. I'm I'm, I'm assuming Saw has a similar trajectory as yeah, well. I that around also, the fifth movie, it's it it starts going down. Right. I think Saw actually had this, and we did do a look at the bo of Saw when Spiral came out. But I do think it's around four or five when there's a big drop, and then there's actually like an uptick weirdly somewhere in the middle of the Saw franchise. But yeah. These movies do really start to fall off a cliff around four or five because the gimmick has been done so many times and the Purge movies have one of the all-time great gimmicks, but we've now seen it through four movies. We've also seen it through, there was a USA Network multi-season TV TV show show, That's right about the Purge. I... I had been higher on these movies on Forever Purge a little bit while, uh, you know, looking at the summer preview, I think I was like, oh, the Forever Purge is going to do well. But the more I do think about it, I'm coming around to your side of it, which is it feels stale. The gimmick feels stale. 
the sort of politics of it either feel stale or feel like something people just don't want to hear right now. Yeah. And it reminds people of the hunt. And I think I agree, actually. The, the, the fact that they've moved the setting to the country rather than the city is something that's going to turn people off because the, the, here's, here's, here's something with that. The coastal elites Mm -hmm. want to see movies set in the city because they don't want to deal with the planes, with the stacks. They just don't want to see it at all. They'd Mm -hmm. rather see representations of the city burn Yes, their home. They'd rather see their actual apartment building burn. Right. So coastal elites want to see the city in movies in any form, even if it's city burning movies. And I think that the stacks and the plain billies want to see the city burn. Yeah. Yeah, they want to see the city burn too. They want to be... So everyone wants to see the city. Yeah. They want to think, that's why I don't live in the city. Yes. Because that's what happens in the city. Yes. And 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 the coastal elites... Even if the city is burning, we want to see, oh, that museum. I love museums. I'm so glad I don't live in the stacks where there's no museums. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that there are no museums in the stacks, but you there's know, no that's famous the museums. Right. I mean, right. there's like corn museums and stuff. Right. Well, there's, there's like hay museums. Right. Or there's like, this is the, you know, the, the biggest cornflake. On you know uh, exit seventy three, which get for out, tax you purposes is a museum. Is a museum. Well, exactly for tax write off purposes. Yeah. yeah, when you when you see those get off at exit seventy three to see the world's biggest sandwich, that's a a, a museum. museum. And so, you know, at the coastal elites, when they look at this forever purge, mm-hmm. they shrug because they're like, yeah, that's what's happening. Right. That that's exactly what happens in those places. Right. They think that that's real. They don't think that there's any exaggeration to what's happening. Right. They're thinking, oh yeah, of course that's what happens. That's what ha- That's what the plain billies do. That's right. the kind of thing that they do all the time. Right. Oh, you mean when when they think it's reality? They when they, they when a coastal lead sees the the trailer for for Forever Purge, you're like, how is that a movie? That's a documentary. Right. Right. So yeah, I think there is there isn't really an audience to see the 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 rural areas burn in the same way that everyone wants to see the cities burn Mm -hmm. even if you're someone who lives in the city and loves the city you're just happy to see the city even if it's burning and of course the plain billies people in the stacks they love seeing the city burn because they feel like, oh, we made the right choice by getting out of the city or never go into the city. Exactly. So yeah. So so I guess I guess low end. So what are we thinking? Do we think it single makes, digits? I think so. Nine. Nine. Yeah. Maybe. Who's gonna go if they haven't seen F nine? Who's gonna go to see the purge right. if they haven't seen F nine? Like you said, it's a great runoff movie, but there's not going to be runoff. Right. People are going to be able to get their tickets to F9 this weekend. All right. I'll go under 10-2. I agree. I think I think it makes single digits. But again, I we, hope we're wrong. I hope it makes $40 million. I hope, yeah. I hope we're so wrong that it, it it's sick. Right. Well, the thing is, the P- Forever Purge bombing, I don't think really 
is it doesn't going harm to the uh, the box idea us. of box office. No, because yeah. F nine is going to have a huge second weekend. And now let's talk about the other bigger movie that's opening this Fourth of July weekend. Oh yeah, the boss is back, baby. Boss baby, family business, aka Boss Baby Two. I mean, there's this thing with these kids' movies. They don't like to do twos anymore. They don't Mm -hmm. like to do numbers anymore. Right. Like, you're seeing this with with Hotel Transylvania. It's not Hotel Transylvania 4. It's Transformania. Right. Well, that might be feedback from these focus groups with kids in that kids don't like numbers. They have numbers forced on them at school all the time. Yeah, they see numbers all the time. Right. Pre-K, kindergarten. All they got is numbers thrown in their face. They're constantly being quizzed on numbers. They're always asked to add numbers, subtract numbers, divide numbers. Uh, uh, you know, how many apples do I have in my hand? The kid has to say a number. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing that with these kids franchises. The kids feedback has been. All I do is deal with numbers day to day. I wake up. I go to school. It's numbers, numbers, numbers. Take the numbers out of my movie series. Great. And you know what? That's their right. Yeah. So Boss Baby, Family Business, Box Office Pro is saying 15 to 35 million. Okay. So they're back to being cowards again. But they're they're saying 20. Okay. But that's insane. Anywhere from 15 to 35 is... You got to pick one. You got to have a smaller range, Box that's, Office Pro. You got to go 20 to 30. That's even too big. Like thirty to thirty-five, right? It's not still so up in the air. I, I don't. I, I, I say either say it's going to not do well or it's going to do well. I don't understand what they're saying. Right. So anyway, first boss baby opened. It was a hit and it opened big. It opened to fifty million dollars. Wow. March thirty-first, two thousand seventeen. Now boss baby went all around the map a little bit, mm-hmm. and ended up. So let's see. It ended up opening. Oh, it's opening July second, right? Also going day and date on Peacock, which right. we said earlier in this episode means nothing. Yeah, nobody has Peacock. I, I so that I, matters zero. I saw a estimate that Peacock's paid subscribers is around ten million people That's or less. A drop in the bucket. Yeah. And now, most of most of the people who have Peacock don't realize they have Peacock. No, you don't know you have Peacock until it's too late. Yeah. And and you're like, oh, I already went and saw this in the theater. I didn't know I could see this at home. Right. So we did a trailer. The first trailer tracking, If it, this is a good time to talk about the Substack. We already talked about Substack, but we also do something called trailer tracking, which mm-hmm. we watch a trailer mm-hmm. and we predict what the opening box office is going to be strictly from the trailer. Right. Now we said that this was going to open slightly higher than the original $53 million. Mm -hmm. I think that's crazy. Now when I look at it, I don't think 53 is in the cards, but I mean, I could see 30. I think this will do 30. I think we haven't had, we haven't had a, huge kids movie hit yet kind of i mean um, since the pandemic because you've had tom and jerry which opened up what at 14 and a half million yeah 
back in February. So like, how can so how can how can you not think that that and not that you're doing this, but how could you not think that this is going to make more than Tom and Jerry, right? Like right, when you're saying right. 15 here on Box Office Pro, oh, not to insane. like really beat these guys up and gals. Yeah. They're trying people, their best, they're but trying their, their best, best is not good enough right now. Yeah, but to do 15 and to say, like, it's going to open at the same level as a pandemic Tom and Jerry movie seems nuts to me. Yeah. I think Boss Baby has fans. It has a TV show on Netflix. We were scared that it wasn't going to be enough Alec Baldwin, but he is. I mean, not to spoil it, it's in the trailer. He's back as Boss Baby. Yes. Because at first we were scared. He's grown up. Nobody wants to see that. He's back as Boss Baby. So that is great. And so I think this makes around 30. I think that, yeah, 50 million was insane. I think this could hit 35 because this would be the biggest hit kids movie that we have had in a year and a half. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you think of, since the pandemic started, Crude's a New Age was obviously one of the the, the stories of the year, stories yeah. of the pandemic. Heroes, but even that opened pandemic. in the low teens, right? That I think opened at thirteen. Or I think something. it was like twelve or something. I can look it up right. while you back in November of of twenty twenty. And then since then you've had Tom and Jerry open around fourteen. And, you know, Cruella, which is not really a kid's movie. That's a tween's movie. And then Peter Rabbit really hasn't done much, though it's held pretty well. I mean, Boss Baby is set up to be the big coming out party for families and young kids. I think it hits 35. I think this is going to be a... Big, big opening weekend. Nice. So Crude's opened in the Thanksgiving corridor. So uh-huh. it, its opening weekend was technically 9.7, but I believe that the reporting of it was higher because of it opened on November 25th. Okay. So it was like a five-day situation. Right. But still, yeah. I mean, we, you, you're going 35 on, on I think Boss 35. Baby. I mean— I'd love it. I'd love this thing to hit 40. Because, yeah, Purge is not going to do anything. That wasn't obviously competition for Boss Baby. Uh, F9's not the same. Well, F9, F9, F9 has babies. A, it, F, but- yeah, F9 is, is going to get a family audience. But you also have the situation where F9 might have gotten a lot of families back into the, the, the game of going to see movies in a movie theater. And there were probably a lot of screenings of f9 where the boss baby trailer was attached so you may have had a situation where last weekend because they're both universal movies mm-hmm. and the f9 movies are not rated r so you could have a boss baby trailer attached to f9 and you're going to have a lot of families who saw that boss baby trailer yeah you know in the same way that f9 brought Bob Odenkirk and nobody back into the top 10, I bet you F9 exposed a lot of families to the Boss Baby trailer. And and Boss Baby, family business. Mm-hmm. It's all about family, La Familia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think F9 is going to help Boss Baby family business get to $35 million. 
Yeah, but I, I, I think 30, 30 to me, not as a, it's, it's going to hit 30. Now question then. Yeah. F9, is it number one? Because I was thinking F9 is a slam doink number one. But if you're saying 35, there's a possibility that F9 drops below 35, maybe 34, 33. Right. So is there a new number one in town? And is it Boss Baby? Man, it's going to be a photo finish. Is it one baldy um, replacing another baldy? And I say that with all due respect. Yeah, bald is beautiful. Yeah. I think F9 edges it out. I'm thinking we're looking at a, you know, $36, $37 million weekend for F9. Is it a race? Is it a drag race? Right. Right. That that you, these are always great when when it happened with Mortal Kombat and that uh, Demon Slayer. Right. That was so exciting. Yeah. If we have a race between Vin and F9 and Baldwin and Boss Baby, they should get. I mean, I'm not a Twitter fan. Right. You know me. I stay off of it. I have no interest in it. I don't want to conversate with the Twitter ghouls. Mm-hmm. I mean, movie Twitter's different. Movie Twitter's different. But if you have Baldwin and Vin just having a nice sparring match mm-hmm. over the weekend, talking about it, saying, you know, because it's only going to add fuel to the fire because it's going to, it's, it's great when there's two big movies fighting it out. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's a great point that these movies both have very volatile movie stars at Leads, the front yeah. with huge egos. I mean, mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin, Vin Diesel, two of the biggest egos in movies. And they're both this weekend going to be in what I would say are their signature roles. I mean, Vin Diesel, Dom Toretto is definitely his signature part. And I think for Baldwin, um, Boss Baby is maybe his signature role as well. Yeah, you having some mic trouble here? No, I got it. I'm good. Okay. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. It's a raw feed. So, yeah, this is this is pretty exciting because you've got two big franchises, two big egotistical movie stars in signature roles. Vin Diesel is Dom Toretto. Alec Baldwin is Boss Baby. Going head-to-head, and we've got a chance of a photo finish for number one. They both could be within $100,000 of each other. That would be great. Um, and you you could root for either of them. You could hate either of them. They're both, Vin Diesel and Alec Baldwin are both heroes and villains. Uh, this is exciting. This, this is, is very exciting. exciting. So saying that, what what's your top five? Okay, so number one, I'm going F9 is going to repeat. I think wow, it's. Okay. I think that Dom Toretto is going to just barely edge out Boss Baby, Family Business at number two. Number three is going to be Quiet Place Part Two. This is slam doink. Number four, then will be the Forever Purge. Okay. Because what did what did Quiet Place Two make last weekend? It made six. Hmm. So now, 
Purge would have to bomb, bomb, bomb. Yeah, so I guess Forever Purge is three. Quiet Place Part Two is four. And then number five, last weekend would have been what? Uh, I think Cruella stays at number five because I think Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. But we also got Peter Rabbit. Uh, Peter Rabbit made four. Hmm. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard made four. And then would have Cruella, Cruella made three. 3.8. I think Cruella's number five. I think Peter really? Rabbit. You think they just bomb falls out. because I think Boss Baby Family Business oh, takes yeah. away more Peter Rabbit dollars than it does Cruella dollars because Cruella's aimed at the tweens, Peter Rabbit's aimed at the little kids, and I think the little kids are gonna all be about Boss Baby Family Business this weekend. So yeah, I think Cruella stays at five. Now I got a quick question, and we won't go too far into this because you were higher on this movie than I than I was. But Wednesday opener six thirty, uh-huh. Zola, the Twitter the Twitter movie. So the movie that was based on a Twitter thread, yeah. When limited we, release though, do you? Right. I mean, do you think it has a chance? Because you were high on it. I mean, limited release. What is that even going to mean? Who knows. I've seen trailers. So this is the movie that when we did our summer movie preview with Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co., I threw that out there as a potential surprise hit. It was before I saw a trailer for this movie. I've now seen the trailer for Zola in front of a couple of movies since I've started going back to the theaters. The reaction in the theaters has not been that good. No. You know, it's a trailer that has... You know, it's a it's a comedy sort of movie. Mm-hmm. And when I've seen the trailer play in theaters, it has not gotten laughs. It's not really gotten good reactions from the live crowds. And I don't think there is much real anticipation for this, even on the limited release level. So... This is a tweets aren't ticks situation. Yeah, this is a tweets aren't ticks situation. I mean, but yeah. but I I think it's uh, I think it's more about the movie. At least its trailer doesn't seem to really be connecting because they showed it before F nine. I've seen this trailer before. Um, what else would I have seen in the last few weeks? Before Spiral, before mm-hmm. a bunch of movies, and it doesn't really land. Yeah, I I I've seen it. I saw it in the theater as well. We saw it during uh, before the Hitman's bodyguard. Yes, the Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Yes, crickets. Crickets, and and that's playing before a movie that if it was ever going to do well with the crowd, the trailer for Zola should have been a slam doink in front of Hitman's wife's bodyguard, which is also a dark, you know, violent, zany comedy, and the the audience for Hitman's wife's bodyguard did not. Respond at all to the Zola trailer. And also at the Nighthawk in Brooklyn. Yes. I mean, if, 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 if you're not slaying yes. at the Nighthawk in Brooklyn and you're a Twitter movie, you, right. you ain't got shit. You're right. not doing jack. Right. So so that's a non-entity. Good. I agree with you. I think that movie is going to do nothing. So my top five. Even though I'm going lower on Boss Baby than you, I'm going to just, for the fun of it, say Boss Baby on top. But it's going to be close, but it's going to be close. Boss Baby on top. Then I think Fast, of course. Right. Then I'm going to say 
man, it's, I really want, I really want to say quiet place over purge, but purge would have to just totally bomb out. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, the way, the only way that happens is if quiet place part two has a great hold, which is possible. I mean, quiet place part two could only drop like 20%. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, it's a movie that's, what, making $5 million this weekend? Yeah. And Forever Purge could make like $4 million this weekend. It could. You know what? Why not? I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do Quiet Place 3, mm-hmm. Forever Purge 4, and then, man... Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do Cruella five again because it seems to live at five. I think Hitman's Bodyguard just plummets and Peter Rabbit plummets because of of Boss Baby. Yeah, so that's gonna be my top five. I mean, you could be right on Forever Purge going that low because the other thing about Forever Purge is it's a Universal Studios movie. Universal already has F nine out, and Universal's. Big movie opening this weekend is Boss Baby Family Business. Mm -hmm. So their advertising dollars are going to be on those other two movies, not so much on Forever Purge. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting. But you know what? Box office is popping. Yeah. Yeah. So Pat. Yes. Other than the Substack, which we're we keep adding more articles. I mean, it's blowing up huge every day. Uh, there's new gonna stuff. Be, there's gonna be some trailer trackings this week. Definitely, mm-hmm. might be might be. I, I don't want to tease too much, but there there might be a, a big one that dropped this weekend. A, a trailer that dropped this weekend that might get might get the trailer tracking treatment. Interesting. Either to tomorrow or the next day. Interesting. So, well, yeah. go to the boboys.substack.com. See all of the articles we've had up to this point and see what that trailer tracking that might be dropping this week. See what that one's going to be because that's very exciting. Yes. You could also email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know who do you think is going to win the big battle of the egos this weekend. Is it going to be Vin Diesel, Dom Toretto, and F9? Or is it going to be Alec Baldwin and Boss Baby Family Business? Huge, huge weekend. Tell us who you think is going to come in first place. The B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Battle of the Baldos. Yep. Yeah. Egos and Baldos. So, Pat, I, I think we did it. I don't think there's anything left to say other than until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you at, at the, the box, box office. office. Nailed, Nailed it. it.